Welcome to the Compliance Perspectives Podcast. I'm Adam Chittletow from the Society of Corporate Compliance and Ethics and Healthcare Compliance Association. Joining us today from New York is Drew Neiser, who's the founder of CMO Huddles. And for those not in marketing, CMO stands for Chief Marketing Officer. Uh, this is a fun podcast for me. Uh, in 1985 or four, Drew talked me into pursuing a career in advertising when we met at a mutual friend's wedding, and we've been friends ever since, despite the fact that I left advertising. He didn't hold that against me. So, um, Drew, thanks for joining us. And uh, the reason, and thanks actually for a large part of my career, uh, the reason we're talking today is I saw a podcast of his that was about chief marketing officers talking about how they connect with employees. And I thought it would be relevant conversation for us to also have for compliance people because it's still an issue for everybody. So Drew, first, how connected have you found our workers really feeling these days? You know, with more in office days, is the problem still a problem or is it easing? Uh, no, the, definitely. The short answer is the problem is still a problem. But I, and I want to narrow this down and I want to give you just a couple quick things. So if we narrow it down to white collar workers and then we say Gen Zs and millennials, they're about a half are back in the office three or more times a week. And 97% of those folks prefer hybrid. But this is becoming a self-inflicted wound. And here's a quick anecdote. L lawyers, ask a partner at a law firm how his third and fourth year associates are doing relative to pre-COVID. And they'll tell you they're two years behind. So, and you think about our days back at JWT, many moons ago, which you referenced, we learned by osmosis, good and bad. None of that is happening on a remote basis. And so a couple of outcomes to think about. One, churn for pandemic hires and afterwards is so much higher. Why? Because employees stay loyal to the people, not the company, and you don't bond over Slack and Zoom. So there's a real problem with disconnection and it's going to continue uh, and companies really need to re uh, recognize it. Uh, it's a very grim prognosis and one I don't disagree with. I mean, I, I think back my career, you're right. It's the people who make the biggest difference. It's less so than the institution. So how can leaders then in this environment make their teams feel better connected? Well, I think there's a couple of things. I'm going to start by saying <laughs> you better be hiring self-starters. <laughs> Because <laughs> if you're hiring people who are high maintenance employees who you have to teach every single thing and you have to sort of check in with them all the time, it's going to be a problem because you can't just sort of look over the shoulder and see what they're doing. So one, think about your hiring process and how you're screening for sort of self-starting and their ability to do things on their own. Um, you know, if you're hiring a Gen Z, they probably should have a side hustle because that's a sign that they're self-starter, that they can do more than one thing at a time. So that's one. Uh, two, uh, you know, there's a lot of talk about purpose and connecting uh, employees to the why. But I would say, if you just say, does everybody in, on your team understand what, why the business is in business? And if it's just shareholder value, fine. But just make sure and then help them understand how they connect to that. Because again, if it's just a job, it's just a job. Um, and then we can now get to the common stuff of virtual bonding activities and so forth. And there's a lot of that. And I don't need to share those things with you, but I will say this, that um, there's an opportunity here for compliance people to look at this as an opportunity to solve some of the other issues they have. 
by jumping into other areas. Like who would have thought a compliance officer would come and say, you know what, we ought to have innovation days, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. And do something, get associated with something positive. And then finally, if your teams are remote, make sure that you're bringing them together. Um, and maybe it's a trade show, maybe it's a customer event, whatever it is, when your people are together, that's the culture building time. That's the connection building time, not just to, you know, figure out your strategy for the next three to six months. Yeah, it is that time where there's more informal gatherings that makes a huge difference. Now, compliance officers work across departments, you know, much like chief marketing officers do. They got to work with a lot of other people. How can they better connect with people outside of their group? So it's such an interesting thing because I think it's a challenge for any executive at any level, right? You're all assigned to a department. So I'm going to sort of put it under meet, track, share, and join. So meet ideally in person and make it your problem to figure out how to do that, to get to know their challenges and their business priorities. There are other people like you who are not the bringer of, of good news, uh, you know, like the I, the, you're, you're all about risk and you're about telling them like a lawyer, telling them things they can't do. So you better get to know their challenges and their priorities and actually become good at solving their other problems if you want them to pay attention to comp compliance. Then I'm going to suggest something that you probably haven't done, which is create a spreadsheet like a CRM, get a free thing of HubSpot and track all the people that you want to have an influence with, you want to connect with and get to know them. I mean, this goes back to Jim McKay and creating a, a really documented thing on every single person that you encounter so that you can engage with them on a highly personalized level. Um, and then once you can engage with them, you're now in the business of helping them. It's like, you know, my dad used to send me clippings once a week on something that he thought was relevant have a regular cadence to do this. I mean, but this is a commitment. This is saying, if I want to influence and, and have a profound influence on these people, I have to connect and I'm not going to connect on compliance. I'm going to connect on helping them do their jobs. And then lastly, join, like get into other cross-functional groups, whether it's DEI or CSG or health and wellness, or just, and bond with them on an interest beyond compliance. So, that's a lot in a short period of time. Does that make sense? You know your community. Yeah, no, it, it, no, it does. And I think a lot of the things you point out um, are, are things that good compliance officers are doing. And I particularly like the emphasis on finding ways to connect. And I, I think back to the, I don't know if I'm sure you've read the Keith Ferrazzi book. Uh, was it Never Eat Alone or Never Eat Lunch yes. Alone? Yeah. You know, which is a good point is that you build a connection, don't necessarily have to think mercenarily about them. It's just, let's stay in touch. And if you find something that, that looks interesting, think of who would want to read that and send it on to them. It's a good way to build a connection and have people have positive feelings about you so that when there is a difficult time, you're not just the bearer of difficult news. You're also the person who showed me that great whatever that I really enjoyed. Yeah. So, yeah, but, but let me let's, let's expound on that just yeah. a second. Let's talk about like start a book club that's bigger than your than your group. Get the the point of all of this is think about yourself as an impact player not just a compliance officer you don't want the same way with cmo i don't want you to be just the marketing guy you don't want to just be the compliance person you're a business leader so lead the business it's a great point and it's a great point about 
rethinking, you know, internally how you think about yourself and what you do. Now, let's look at the flip side. We talked about reaching out to other people. How do we get and encourage other people to connect with us? You know, compliance really depends and wants to hear on what others are thinking about the business, especially when they're having issues and what's troubling with them. What should they be doing to encourage that communication? I think it's taking the first step. I think it's what I've already sort of outlined. It's like, be be the person that does the reaching out, be the person that's engaging with them, even on social media and on LinkedIn. Be be the cheerleader for that person and, and get to know them and their business problems because they don't care about compliance necessarily. And they're probably never going to compare. But if you can connect with them on a personal level, as you talked about, and it, it that's the way it's going to be. So you're going to be the person who's going to have to demonstrate value beyond compliance in order to um, get them to think about, oh, you know what? I'd love to have lunch with this person. We will have interesting conversations. They're going to help me solve my problems, not just tell me no. That was a good thought. Let me ask you about some bad thoughts. Are there, <laughs> are there any real bad ideas out there that sound tempting as ways to connect with people, but should definitely be avoided? Well, I have some sort of a few categories of things, you know, one obvious, uh, so Zoom etiquette is, is, is a big issue of, of mine. Like don't let people be off camera, never be off camera yourself. Um, don't have some people in a conference room and others on their laptop. I mean, these are really tactical ones, but I think they're, they're important and you have to all lead by example. Uh, I think one of the things that's happened in large companies is, and maybe compliance officers say, not using Gen AI because of legal concerns. Uh, it's just, it's mind boggling to me how many companies are following behind on the applications of this stuff, which goes so far beyond anything that would infringe on copywriting, uh, but they're being told by lawyers, don't use them. And that is a huge concern uh, of mine because the applications are so much bigger than simply you know creating a blog post that might infringe a copy so uh and then i'd say one other one uh is over reliance relying on email as a form of communication i, I just uh particularly with a a, a younger audience you just got to think multi-channel think slack think sms think email in person zoom it's like if you're just relying on the one thing and one email, um, you're kidding yourself because, you know, think about open rates and think about how you absorb information and it's repetitive over time over multiple channels. No, but your, your point about multiple channels and multiple times get back to you know our days together working in ad agencies where no ad was designed other than like the giant Super Bowl ones to be just seen once. You know, there was yeah. the recognition that no matter how good your typical ad was, you had to have people see it a few times for them to fully get the message. Yeah, you know, and I really do think that if a compliance officer brought a marketing mindset of how do I simplify this story so they really understand when they need to call me, what the big issues are, um, but, and, but instead it's like, well, here's a compliance issue and here's a compliance issue and here's, a, you know, it becomes uh, a thousand paper cuts. And so thinking about compliance communication the way marketers do uh, might dramatically change how uh, effective compliance officers are. I, it's a very thought-provoking idea. Well, Drew, thanks for sharing that and all the other insights with us today. I want to thank all of you for taking the time to listen. 
I'm Adam Chirletow from SCCE and HCCA. I hope we're able to expand your compliance perspective.